and welcome to a special two solitudes edition. If you're uh, expecting five rings today, we've delayed it till tomorrow morning. We have a great interview in in the in the bin for that that I can't wait to share with you. Uh, but in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about TFC Canadian Soccer and the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL. Uh, it has been made official, Kevin. Kevin Laramay joins me in Montreal. I, I say that every day, Kevin, but how, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. A lot better than the soccer fans in Toronto right now, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's more of a, a situation here of a lot of people have just, you know, have given up. I think that uh, there were a lot of people that just assumed that this was happening for a long time. I always maintained up until very recently that there was a chance to stop this uh, if there was enough demand and pushback from TFC that maybe that there would be uh, a situation where where the MLSC board of directors would see the light of day and not have this happen. Um, in the end, what's happened is this hybrid solution where two-thirds of the MLSC board of directors, as I said yesterday, has stepped away. And it's not MLSC itself that owns the Toronto Argonauts. It's a separate group altogether, which is Bell and Larry Tannenbaum, uh, who is the, the largest single shareholder in Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Uh, they have stepped away and, and have purchased them on their own with Rogers staying behind. So this is not an MLSC initiative. Now, why this is relevant is another piece of news broke in Toronto today. And I think this is relevant to the conversation right now uh, that uh, Babcock, the NHL coach, uh, was hired by the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is the biggest news in hockey uh, probably in months, Kevin. You right? can say in years, in years. Yeah, certainly with the Leafs, the the last time the Leafs made a, a big splash in this market uh, with a signing would have been with the one that didn't work out with the Clarkson signing back in the day. But the the backup signing has been talked about. I would say it's the length. biggest biggest signing since Bad Quinn, probably. Yeah, maybe on the coach side for sure. Um, uh, Burke, I think that would be the one that True. I would put in there. But but you know we're talking years at any rate, and and the point I'm making is that it's been relentless conversation on TFC or on Toronto Sports Radio, on uh, the blogs, on you know hockey uh, podcasts, on everything. This has been the topic of conversation. Everyone's speculating on it. I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs are in their semifinal stage right now, but people up here, there's no Canadian teams left. Uh, I don't know teams with, that are based in Canada. I, I argue there's 16 Canadian teams in the NHL playoffs every year, but that's another topic altogether. But the point is that this has been the main focus of hockey conversation in a country that obsesses over hockey. So this news breaks in the middle of the press conference announcing that two-thirds of MLSE has purchased the Argos, completely railroading the conversation. No one's talking about the Toronto Argonauts or BMO or anything right now. And part of the Argos moving to BMO is supposed to be to revitalize the franchise, right? And now – on day one of this new initiative, you are on again, our one on our one minute one practically. <laughs> they are being railroaded by a hockey conversation, and you can never prove this. But I can't help but think that there has to be some connection between that part of the MLSC board and that didn't want the Argos going in there and doesn't want the Argos to succeed and wants BMO Field to remain a soccer facility because they believe that that's the better business decision. I have no illusions that this is about you know this purity of sport or something, but I think from a business perspective, they, there are some on the MLSC board that feel that that's better. I can't help for a second but think that that's connected, that they are already sabotaging this, and it speaks to the MLSC dysfunction on, on a lot of different levels. All the conspiracy theorists out there right now are going wild in Toronto, trying to see who leaked the news who was, uh, who answered that question? When was the timeline? When did it actually get out first to make sure it wasn't coordinated or planned? I guess we'll never know. But uh, it, if it's a coincidence, 
It's a damn good coincidence, Swain. Yeah, I have trouble believing that they couldn't have. Like, even if it leaked on. From What's the expression? There is no coincidence? Well, there you go. Yeah. Even if it leaked from the trade, they yeah they can't control rumors. There's no doubt about that. But what they can control is making it official, which they have. Even if they did it after the press conference, they've still gone ahead and made this official on the day that it happened. There's no need. There's no rush to rush them up here. Why? It's like yes, it's going to leak out, but whatever. Like they they have every ability to control when that messaging happens, and they chose to let it happen on the day that the Argos announcements were happening. I guarantee, you if I turn on primetime sports, if I turn on uh, TSN radio tonight, if I turn on Sportsnet or uh, TSN, the lead ain't the Argos anymore, is it? BMO Field ain't the subject that everyone's talking about, and even though all the supporters of TFC are up in arms right now, and some would say rightfully so. Well, nobody's going to talk about it in the mainstream news tonight. Yeah, I mean, I was interviewed for Sportsnet. Whether that makes it to air, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> exactly, tonight. that's the thing. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I mean, it was a brief interview. I think it's going to be part of an overall uh, story that they were doing to talk to, to at least get the TFC, the soccer perspective in there. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple points on this, Kevin, that, that I want to touch on, and, and these are both that I touched on a little bit yesterday, but I'm going to repeat now. Um, there is a certain aspect of the Canadian soccer community outside of Toronto that is choosing to uh, to use this as an opportunity to jump on or pile on Toronto support and make this about partisanship. Um, as I said yesterday, look, I, I can't – I'm trying to choose my words carefully. That's a really short-sighted and myopic kind of approach to take. You're, what you're ignoring is how how this played out is symbolic of where the sport is – constantly pushed down across in this board politically where it stands why it's held back the problem here and why this is an issue that's soccer related as opposed to tfc related is it speaks to like just the pecking order and the political power that soccer has which is to say they have barely any they did not even get their voice heard in a lot of these cases they weren't even invited to have a seat at the table today for an announcement that directly affects them and if you are in Vancouver or Montreal or wherever and you're going, ha oh, TFC right now, you're not – give your head a shake. You're not thinking it through. It's about the sports strength in this country that we couldn't – we can't even protect the one stadium that's been designated as the National Soccer Stadium. We can't even prevent the CFL from moving in to, to stop that. It, that's not something to celebrate even if you hate TFC. Uh, I'll go out on a limb here and probably put my neck out there to to get attacked after. But uh, between you and me and our millions of millions of listeners, apparently, uh, Dwayne, the people who take the decisions for all that, they're not the same generation as we are. They're not connected in the same world. They they don't see the same thing going on out there. They don't see the, the popularity that this sport do have. What they see, it's their own little bubble that's, Probably more hockey-dominated and white-collar, higher-up, old gentleman, which doesn't relate to majority of society. And that could be one part of the situation. There's been years of outcry for fans, and apparently it's not even enough to to make a little drop in that water of decisions. Uh, apparently, I, I don't know everybody in charge, but it does seem like a out-of-touch type of decision-making process. Yeah, uh you know, you said white collar. I'll drop the collar. Um, this is <laughs> talking about right. yeah. It's just it's a bunch of old white guys that don't like soccer because it's boring. I, I, that's <laughs> basically what I said, trying to say diplomatically. But yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, it, and look, 
I, I mean, we'll, I'll talk from the Argos' perspective in a minute, but to keep this on soccer for now, uh, yeah, for, for sure there is an element of, of political power and will that's getting in there. And soccer is a sport – and again, I say soccer, not TFC, because you have to make that distinction. TFC, you know, their TV numbers are what attendance numbers are what they are. Their, their level of popularity in the city is what it is. But soccer is a different thing. We've seen the soccer TV numbers when we're watching the World Cup. We'll see the soccer TV numbers when we're watching the Women's World Cup this summer. That is absolutely on par with the CFL in terms of popularity, particularly in Toronto. You can argue it everywhere, which is one, which is above the other, but they're very close. So the idea that that soccer doesn't somehow deserve its own stadium or that soccer should be happy for what it gets for is ridiculous. And it's not based on any sort of real demographic. You know, we saw a study the other day that was released by uh, the University of Lethbridge, I think, did it. Um, I think I retweeted it, where they essentially uh, said that – I forget the exact percentage numbers, but it was – they surveyed – all of Canada to ask whether the Argos should be allowed in, in Beemo Field, which speaks to that something ridiculous there. Could you imagine if if they asked Torontonians whether you know the Rough Riders should have to share their stadium with someone? How well that would go over in Saskatchewan? So I don't quite know why Saskatchewan has a say in what Toronto does with its stadium, but that's an aside. Anyway, the survey said that suggested that there were more Argos fans in Toronto than there were TFC fans. There might be, but I doubt that. And I doubt the demographics of that study. All of these studies, anytime you look at these numbers, they do not accurately reflect anything because they don't accurately reflect the demographics of Toronto. There are more TFs, there are more soccer fans in the city that are underrepresented at all political levels because they're new Canadians, because they're not of the dominant old school waspy kind of political class that, that drives the narrative. They're not there. That is part of this story. You're yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that's what I thought, and that's what—that's the type of decision that it looks like. And we see those type of decision in the soccer community all across the board, all across the country. When it's talking about re, re, uh, redoing some soccer field that does a local level, trying to do local size stadium for five to six thousand people for PLSQ size teams and stuff like that, there's always a backlash. There's always the same type of oh, it's just soccer. It's just soccer. Take a look at the reality. That's what it is in 2015, and you'll see that soccer—it's more popular. It's more, more popular in its own media and its own outlets than some sports are in the mainstream. So I 100% agree. All right, let's move this to the here and now. Essentially, uh, you know, for those that don't know, and I don't think you're coming to me for breaking news. So you're, this is more commentary space. But for those that are getting this for the first time. Um, what is happening is the Argos are going to move in in 2016 uh, next year. They start their season around Canada Day. That's July 1st for American listeners. Uh, they're going to do construction all through the winter again, which means welcome TFC fan to road trip, epic road trip 2.0 next year, I'm sure. Um, phase two will be done around May. I suspect that TFC will have its home opener a few weeks before the Argos home opener, and then it'll be a big mess down there and all that sort of jazz. Uh, Tim Lewicki gave us a... Uh, a letter, an open letter, which you can read on Canadian Soccer News. I posted that in its entirety. The um, This is basically trying to speak to the TFC concerns. He also, in the press conference today, uh, sort of spontaneously started talking about the TFC concerns when he was asked about uh, asked a different question about getting this, the stadium ready for football. And, uh, he, okay, so I he think, really wanted to get it out there. Yeah. 
Let me just read one paragraph of this really quickly. You are already well aware of the significant steps MLSE has taken to deliver on our vision for TFC. MLSE's ownership group has committed more than $100 million to the BMO Field renovation project, $100 million in roster moves for world-class players like Sebastian Javanko, Josie Altador, and Michael Bradley, and more than $3 million specifically on technology to ensure BMO Field has one of the best pitches in Major League Soccer. We have reinforced that BMO Field will always be, first and foremost, a soccer facility and that TFC will be the first priority when it comes to scheduling. Our focus for Toronto FC is rewarding our fans with a team that is capable of competing for a championship year in and year out and creating one of the best soccer experiences in the league for our fans. That will never change. The, the, obviously, they, he goes on to talk about how the Argos are an iconic part of the Toronto sports landscape and it was part of them, their need to help revitalize that institution and et cetera, et cetera. You can read the whole letter on Canadian Soccer News. A couple points from that. Um, he is reinforced that BMO Field will be first and foremost a soccer facility and have first priority when it comes to scheduling. Let's talk about that for a second, Kevin. Uh, the other part of the announcement today, which they refused, they all they gave a, a non-answer answer when they were asked whether Toronto would host the 2016 Grey Cup. Uh, folks, if you're a CFL fan listening to this, book your tickets to Toronto for the 2016 Grey Cup. They all but said it was happening. Okay, First and foremost priority, the Grey Cup has a set date. What happens if TFC has a playoff game that weekend? Oh, that weekend. Are they really going to bump the Grey friggin' Cup for a TFC playoff game? No, TFC will be playing at the Rogers Dome. Yeah, and that's your first test that's going to come. And you could make a joke, and probably some are, that Toronto TFC will never play a home playoff game because they'll never play a playoff game. And hell, maybe you're right. But... I'll say this. There have been important uh, games in BMO, at BMO Field, important soccer games at BMO Field in November. The Canadian national team has played qualifiers in November. So the idea that they would be in conflict with a Grey Cup is absolutely 100% there. And I guarantee that's the other thing no one's talking about. Everyone's talking about TFC. Everyone's talking about the Toronto Argonauts. No one's talking about the Canadian national team. The Canadian national team is now clearly the third tenant, if that, in here, in rugby for that matter as well. Um, I think it's telling that Rugby uh, Canada, to, to talk about rugby real quickly for a second, made some moves to to make BC more of a home for themselves in the last year. I think that speaks to the writing on the wall in their hand. This is, you know, this is all a hail mary. And I'm going to move and talk about the Argos really quickly here, for especially for those that aren't really familiar with the local situation that are listening to this. This is all really a hail mary to save a team that is quite bluntly on its deathbed. No one cares about the Toronto Argonauts in this market. CFL fans will look, will point to TV numbers and go, no, see, there's evidence there. And all we need is to move into a better stadium. This is, this is the great Hail Mary hope they've had for years is they continue to suggest that it's not the interest in the Argos, that there is an interest in the CFL in Toronto and that it's only been the Sky Dome or Rogers Centre that they refuse to believe the idea that the that people have lost interest in the CFL in Toronto, that as soon as they move into a smaller stadium, that they will have the same situation that happened at Molson Stadium in, in Montreal in I 1999. Was gonna, I was going to brought it up. Right? I was going to mention, they yeah. tried to recreate what Montreal did uh, 16 years ago, but it took a lot of hard work for Montreal for it to work, and right now it's actually fading away. So, Yeah, and and the the I can tell you firsthand that the – strength of college football in Toronto, like I'm talking about the CIS, like the U of T, York University, you're talking two, 300 people go to those games. Yeah. High school football in Toronto, 20, 30 people go to those games. 
Uh, junior football is practically non-existent in this in this city. There is not a huge football culture, and what football culture that does exist in Toronto is generally s- scattered, sitting on their living room couch on Sunday afternoons watching the NFL and cheering for the Packers or the Cowboys or the whatevers. They're they're cheering for an NFL team. There is not a ton of hardcore CFL support. I was not in the stadium uh, for the Grey Cup back a couple years ago, the 100th Grey Cup here in Toronto that the Toronto Argonauts played in and won. But I was down on Front Street uh, during that game, and it was a fun night. And a lot of Torontonians went out and enjoyed it and, you know, oh, let's, let's cheer for the home team. But when that game ended, I was struck by the quote-unquote celebration after the fact. Now, keep in mind that Toronto, a city starved for sports success, had just won a championship. Well, I went out of the, the bar, and I wandered up on Front Street, and I along joined a, a group of about five, 6,000 people that were very calmly and silently walking in straight lines without saying anything, without wooing or yelling or holding banners up, walked in a straight line to the subway and went home. There was no celebration whatsoever when the Toronto Argonauts won that great cup. I understand that there was probably a couple thousand hardcore Argos fans out there, maybe even 5,000 hardcore Argo fans out there that, that probably did drink long into the night that evening, but the rest of the city barely noticed even two blocks from the stadium. Does that tell you, does that suggest that there's this undercurrent of support that's going to explode just as soon as they get a chance to watch the game in a smaller center? Uh, No. And not just that, when you, when you think about it, the, the setting of BMO Field, Wayne, is not comparable to what Montreal had. It's in the middle of downtown. It's in the heart of the city. The backdrop is right there. It's The metro is really near. It's accessible. It's right next to university. It was actually built for football, American football, Canadian football. To, to start with, that stadium was used by the Redmond McGill. So it's a totally different uh, project and yes, they're going to try to recreate it, but it's going to be cold, windy, miserable next to a lake, to a stadium that doesn't fit the color of the team. It's going to be really weird, and I I have really my doubts of that it's going to work for Yargos to revive that uh, franchise of some sort. And if it doesn't, then they're done. I mean, and that's the bottom line. This is their last chance, and I get that. Again, I don't think we're going to have too many CFL listeners here, but if we do, I, I do understand the desperation behind this, that, that they feel that this is the only opportunity they have. You know, I maintain that their only opportunity was to find a way to get a stadium of their own uh, that was up closer to transit, that was closer to the 905, that allowed more better access to it. As you said, the access to Beamer Field is not great unless you come down on the go train. It's easier to walk there than anything else. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's very – yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we're not a CFL podcast, and we're not going to start one anytime soon. Uh, in terms of the the here and now, going to be awfully interesting that Saturday game this weekend at uh, Beaver Field. Uh, tell you what, if TFC, it's not really TFC's fault per se in this. I mean, maybe you could argue that they're obviously their ownership is MLSE, and two thirds of MLSE have struck out, and MLSE has allowed for this thing to go on. But I, I don't think you can blame the club that this is happening. But that doesn't mean that a lot of people in the crowd won't. If things turn ugly on Saturday, uh, if Portland gets the win, uh, it might not be the funnest stadium in the world to be in on Saturday, but we'll see. Yeah, like you say, it's going to be interesting. All right. Um, this was a quick little uh, 
special podcast we decided to do today. We'll be back with our regular features next week. Uh, one of the things I'm going to try and reach out, there's a, a Toronto Argonauts writer uh, that writes for a blog called Argos Admirals. Uh, I've tweeted the link a couple times now. It's a really worthwhile read that talks about one possible better solution for the pitch uh, that would see a separate playing field exist for the Toronto Argonauts that would be essentially rolled over the grass pitch with a protective layering in between. And uh, he makes a compelling argument about how this would be workable and more workable for both the Argos and for TFC. Uh, one of the things that I hadn't thought of from a soccer because a soccer fan is the fact that the that the playing field for the Argos isn't ideal for them either because the end zones are going to be artificial turf where they're going to be playing on grass otherwise. And, and uh, CFL people don't like that split kind of surface thing, so there's problems there as well. Um, I think that that's the battle now. Uh, I've tried to get the hashtag um, two surfaces, one stadium going, <laughs> which, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, uh, yeah, so in the meantime, I, I think that's the battle now to try and convince them instead of going with the hybrid gas, grass solution uh, that they, they should go with a, a separate uh, surface uh, solution. And, uh, and final thoughts, in the early years, BMO Field used to echo around with, with a chant that many people – it doesn't really get heard very much anymore. Uh, we used to go, this is our house. It's so much in the first year. It was so symbolic with the first year that it's actually painted on the, uh, the way out to the stadium. Well, the chant next week, this was our house. This was our house. This was 